previously on Full Immersion. Welcome back to The Sprawl. We finished our last session of the game with a mission ran against Wayland Argus. We have cut forward in time six months. We have a cast change. Say hello, Alice. Hello. The character that I landed on in the end is a reporter. Tegan Older, quite a young woman. NBN's equivalent of WordPress. Dynamocoms. I would like to expand the shell character to include the Walter character. It probably involves a custom move, which I've been calling Cool Owl Sidekick. The main focus of the last six months has been just working with Amelia to try and continue his investigation. Harris is going to get on the trail. Esteban has been forced to turn a bit more to crime. He's trying to pass himself off as a security specialist. He has taken Bypass from the tech playbook. So the first thing, order of business before we get started, we just want to go over a few little pieces that were left over from character creation, a couple of them involving Alice and one involving Jono. So Alice, um, tell us about your directive that you have written and what advancement you took because you had an advancement uh, to take at the end of last session. Yeah, so um, the directive I decided on to start with was network when your involvement in the MBN blogging uh network hinders the mission mark experience but then i thought um from the gen- the list of generically available ones rather than from my playbook um i've gone for illustrious which seemed quite appropriate for someone who is specifically writing to gain an audience and spread their opinion and, and that kind of thing um so when your desire for fame draws unwanted attention to the mission mark experience yeah uh, this is the same as Esteban's directive, yes. but we talked about that, and uh, that is fine. That There might be opportunities where you both trigger your directive at the same time, or when you trigger it separately, um, and we might end up finding as we go through that you're, the way that your characters like pursue fame is slightly different anyway. So I think yeah. it should be absolutely fine. Uh, what advancement did you take? Um, so I went for Word on the Street, um, which is actually from the Fixer playbook, and... It is relating to um, Intel. So, when you research by listening to or recalling street-level gossip, take an additional Intel, even on a miss. Um, And I figure that's sort of representative of having an audience and kind of engaging with them and and kind of responding to future tweets and, you know, that kind of thing. Comments on my blog posts and all that. This movie is interesting because the re- the way the research move is worded is when you investigate a person, place, object, or service using a library dossier or database. Uh, there's a move that I think Harris has that lets you research by circulating in physical space among groups of people. So the way that that would so what that means is you have to research like street level gossip, but using a person, place, service, or object, which is fine, right? But that's just worth that's just worth covering. Um, you can't go and hang out in a place to research. Until you, unless you get that move, but that like you can yeah investigate a person, place, or object using a library dossier or database, so that that is fine. But that's just worth noting. But those things are both fine. Um, so I think that was everything we had to cover for you, uh, Jono. We had to actually word and put together the Walter-related move that we had. So do you want to tell everybody what we came up with? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, we already had agreed that. Uh, Walter would be modelled after a drone and do some drone-like things. We agreed all that stuff. Uh, the move that I also have in, associ- in association with Walter, uh, I've got worded like this. When you use Walter to interfere with an antagonist, justify how and roll edge. 
On a 7+, plus, I can choose one. Shell escapes notice, or a character takes plus one forward on a physical action against the target. Uh, so that represents either the target being distracted uh, or being incapacitated by the gas, in which case uh, they are less able to perform physical actions. Uh, on a 10+, plus, I get both of those things. Yeah, that that is we actually have a move for you using Walter. Um, I did want to mention that Walter is not... this. The, the thing that's sort of unique about this move is... Um, you are kind of obviously risking something when you use it, that thing obviously being Walter, um, which means that on a miss, I might decide that the, the move I want to make puts Walter under threat. Um, that's just to kind of highlight that that, that you know that, that is a thing that could happen in the game. If Walter becomes incapacitated or you lose control of him or something, um, we will figure that out when we come to it, but I'll probably try and find a way to give you an advance to like... Uh, to make up for that. That was just something I thought could potentially be an issue, so I wanted to highlight that now. Oh, I see it, what you're saying. Like, yeah. if it's a long-term problem? Okay. Yeah, like, if Walter if Walter was killed, say, you know, perish the thought, or was recaptured by Jinteki, uh, we, it would be, it would seem a little unfair for me to be like, yep, the move is now gone, and you get nothing in exchange, so the game doesn't actually deal with this. There is potential for this to happen, because moves can be, like, cars or equipment and things, um, so and Walter's not easily replaced in the way that a drone is, so even though this is an audio-only format except for us five, it's important that the listeners know that I have a small stuffed owl mascot as well uh, sitting next to me representing Walter. So, yes, you, he doesn't speak, but he's here. <laughs> <laughs> and if Walter is captured in the game, Alex will steal the owl mascot from you. <laughs> so just to recap this, kind of the structure of this game, uh, almost always, unless something funny has happened, there are two phases to the game. The legwork phase and the mission phase. The legwork phase usually starts with you getting some kind of briefing uh, in which you'll kind of learn vaguely what you're going to do and then you'll make a plan. You'll perform legwork, which is usually, you know, preparing for the mission itself, whether that's equipment you need to get or preparations you need to make or things you need to learn before you can get on with it. Um, as you do that, the legwork clock, which is uh, on the screen for us in Roll20, will fill up as things go wrong or the corp gets wind of what you're going to do. The more filled up the legwork clock gets, the more of an idea they have that something's going to go down. Um, and then when you're done with legwork, whether or not, whether because I declare that it's over because you've run out of time or because you, have, you yourself have decided that that's all you want to do, you move on to the mission, for which we also have a clock. And as you perform actions in the mission, as things kind of go wrong, the mission clock will fill up, which is the corp you know, locking down and gaining more control over the situation. That reaches midnight. The mission is automatically considered a failure, and as it fills up, think bad things happen, worse things happen. The more and more it gets filled, I'm encouraged to make harder moves, which can mean you know uh, armed security being deployed against you or some experimental technology causing you problems. Um, so generally, you want those clocks to fill up as little as possible. The other thing that is worth remembering is when it comes to getting paid at the end of the job, provided you are successful. Um, Things are less likely to go wrong if you haven't filled up the legwork clock. So there is an inherent cost to the legwork clock. You can't just let it get as full as possible and then go um, because it, there is a chance that things will go wrong when you get paid, which is what happened in our first mission. So just a little reminder about those rules of the game. Most of the other rules aren't really worth going over at this point um, because they are not too complicated, hopefully. Uh, once the briefing is over, bear in everyone bear in mind if you've got any start of mission moves, these will trigger at this point. Um, because it, this this counts as the mission starting, I think. Yeah, so there's like a hunter and a reporter move, I believe, that are relevant when the briefing's over. So bear that in mind. Um, I think that's everything. So we we open up. Um, you are in... We see all, all of the characters 
together. So our main our main team, um, Shell, Esteban, and Harris, uh, sitting around this like kind of dilapidated looking cafe. It's in some kind of I think it's like a like a maglev station, you know, like a train station, but one that looks like it's fallen into kind of disrepair. There's not that many people around, and um, it looks like quite poorly kept. Um, sitting around this like table uh, in a cafe that looks like it's close to closing. Um, also at this table, however, is Tegan, uh, our new, presumably soon to be member of the team, uh, and somebody who has called this meeting, who has assembled the team, um, who you only know as Mr. Brown. Uh, he's kind of he's a youngish man in a suit. He looks corporatey, but he doesn't look like super high powered corporatey, and he doesn't have the self assurance that comes with um, big important execs. Uh, and he seems yeah he seems kind of nervous. And, uh, yeah, you guys weren't really... The rest of you that aren't Tegan weren't really told that, you know, Tegan were going to be there. You're not 100% sure who this person is at quite at this point. Although, I guess Esteban might, if he remembers her from his past. Um, oh, and I guess Shell might too, because of the internet, maybe. <laughs> and um, Mr. Brown is uh, talking. Uh, someone someone has just arrived, or you've all, maybe the team arrived together. Uh, thank you very much for coming. I've uh, got a got a job for all of you. Um, this is Tegan, and Tegan, this is Harris, Esteban, and Shell. And hopefully, you can all establish a, a beneficial working relationship. I'll uh, I'll explain. And he's uh, he he's like he look, he's scanning his pad, and then he like turns it off and puts it down. I'm not sure which of the uh, the three of you are aware of Dynamicoms. They're a branch of MBN that manages. Content made by non-NBN affiliates and also manages uh, web space and, and content creation. They are pretty soon due to close um, Frontload, which you may not have heard of. That's a tech startup that they purchased close to a year ago. Uh, it manages a lot of their content creator accounts and uh, services. And uh, Frontload has uh, an office that is due to be closed down. The services and data that they store on site are due to be moved to the main Dynamicom's offices. My, my employer has received Intel that Frontload has collected info about its creators and partners without their consent, taken partly by uh, aggregating data from various MBN, other MBN branches, such as consumer-grade electronics or um, entertainment services, and maybe shadier methods too, although I don't want to uh, put my tinfoil hat on here. Tegan is one of the people on that database. My employers are willing to pay you to somehow corrupt or otherwise render the data that Frontload has uh, useless, this would be beneficial to you, Tegan, but also, you know, you the, the team will be paid for this job. The This is somewhat a matter of urgency because once the offices are closed, that data is going to be a lot harder to get at. And we have, our intel suggests that the data is protected in such a way that if you could corrupt it at the source, it will be difficult for MBN to recompile it in a meaningful way. I can't give you too much other info, but there's two things I can tell you. The front load offices are within uh, an office park in Rutherford. The park is called Rutherford King East, which is managed by Fulbright Workspaces. Uh, I don't know if you know know them. They're a corp that almost got that were very close to getting swallowed up by Wayland um, before the 23 seconds incident. And in the kind of legation that followed, it was decided that non non big four corps should have a little bit more protection. So they're still on the verge of getting swallowed up by Wayland, but at this point. Not quite. Uh, and they manage real estate throughout New Angeles. So you'll need to get access to the office park itself in order to have access to the front load offices. The other p- 
potentially useful piece of info is due to a revolving door for contractors who are, of course, being cut down upon in prep for the closure and move. There are only three permanent employees at Frontload. Um, the managing director, Ewan Green, the Frontload founder and deputy director, Matteo Cooper, uh, and a third employee who manages security, who I don't have any more info on. The first two, the only info I could give you could be found on the Frontload web space. Uh, the third employee is not listed, but we have data that suggests they exist. So you don't know what the security is? No, we have no intel on the building. Shall we roll for get the job at this point to kind of play out how the negotiation goes? Or do you have any in-character questions you want to ask quickly before we do that? I may have missed this, but did you say how long we have before the closure is expected and the window closes for this job? Oh, n- no, I didn't. Um, you've got, we think, about three weeks. So no uh, great rush, although... The closer they get to closure, you would assume the harder it will be to infiltrate, although maybe not. That's your call. Certainly from what we can gather, when this place was operating its peak, there were lots and lots of people coming in and out. That should They should be cutting down on that now. Sure. Um, I gesture at Tegan and say, you're not a runner, are you? Uh, no. Okay, and I assume neither of you two, gesturing at Shell and Esteban, have picked up any hacking skills in the last six months? You could say that. I share a look with Walter and then shake my head. Okay. Did you bring Walter with you? Why uh, Why no runner on this job? Uh, that's something for you to handle. If you feel a runner will be necessary, then by all means, go ahead and hire one. We believe that uh, some on-site wet work will be necessary to achieve this job. Um, we think their servers are locked down tight enough that uh, it will be tough. From what we can gather, the data isn't being accessed all that often, which means it will be hard to spoof your way in. Okay, I might bring somebody on board for that, but I wanted to check that you didn't have a very good reason that you hadn't put one on the team in the first place. There's no reason that you should need the data that they have. Um, so if you were, you don't need to extract it, you could simply corrupt it. Uh, and it's possible that even uh, physical on-site damage to the servers would be enough. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it doesn't need a runner. Maybe it needs breaking in and a couple of crowbars to the server. Sure. Should we roll get the job? Get the job. Um, let me check the get the job move. Okay, so this is based off edge, so as we usually do, someone with high edge should roll it. Probably me, right? I'm quite edgy also. I have two. Tegan is invested. I'm, I'm, happy also. For, I'm happy for you to roll this, Alice. For your fast, fast roll, first roll of the game. Oh no, that's a lot of pressure. Don does not want to be blamed if it goes wrong, essentially. That's eight. Uh, so we choose one from the get the job list, the list being... The employer provides useful information, gain intel. The employer provides useful assets, gain gear. The job pays well. The meeting doesn't attract attention. The employer is identifiable. Uh, what are your thoughts, guys? We normally pick doesn't attract attention, yeah. but Between I don't really mind. Between me and Don, we gain intel and gear anyway, because we both have moves that do that anyway. I don't particularly care about identifying the employer, for what it's worth. The least popular option by quite a measure in this game. Uh-huh. You can also identify the employer at the end of the job. It's worth bearing in mind, because you can identify them when you get paid. I would be happy with either pays well or doesn't attract attention. Should we go for doesn't attract attention, then? That's my preference, actually. Yeah, sure. The Yeah, we see, we get a good view of the, uh, of the train station that you're meeting in, and there's a lingering shot of a broken security camera, I think, to really drive home the point. So do you have now that that's rolled the roll is done do you have anything else that you want to do or say at the briefing uh what's the proof they want of this of this work being done how are we proving that we've completed the job mr brown sort of tells you that they'll just sort of know uh so you're not you're not 100 sure he suggests that you don't need to take any proof we take a selfie in front of the smashed server it will be clear to them whether or not the job has been completed i'm just thinking it might be nice to be able to do it without say making a loud noise which smashing up a server in the middle of a business park kind of would maybe we could screw the sides off and take out all the hard drives 
and then put them in a microwave. Splash a bottle of water on the servers. I was going to suggest we could just plug something in that goes like beep boop and then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, could, we could do a, a shit. We could, we, well, again, again, this is legwork. So that, let's, let's so, um, show it for the moment. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think we're ready to state credits on the mission. Uh, so just to remind everybody, and in case Alice isn't aware, uh, you before a mission starts, you state between one and three credits from your uh, credit total, which you lose now and then upon completion of the mission you gain double that amount uh, and if you stake three credits it advances the legwork clock for each player that does it legwork and their mission and then legwork and their mission i forgot about that because i was going to stake three i usually base on how invested my character is in what we're doing yeah I, so. I mean i feel like harris thinks that this mission sounds like a cakewalk it does sound easy right <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. Can we ask him if he plans some other crime to happen at the same time <laughs> and if he's going to finger us for it? Mm-hmm. Can, I, can <laughs> yeah. I ask him that? He, he is bemused by your question. I like to think that he didn't d- deny it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stake two. Ah, so I was thinking of staking three ex- because it's breaking in, right? That's Shell's thing. But it also involves breaking everyone else in. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm of middling interest. I will also go two. Don's going to go three. I can yeah, see Yeah, I'm going to go three. want to make some money. Chris? Uh, two. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> Between us, we now stand to make, maths, nine credits from this mission, right? So, all right, here's what we should do. We'll find one of these people who works at the company and pay them off I don't know, like four credits or something to just wreck the servers themselves. <laughs> wow, this is a short session. <laughs> Pure profit. All right, we've got some when the mission starts rolls, right? Before we do it, before we go any further. Yeah, we should do start mission stuff. Uh, so we'll retreat to the uh, the crime HQ, otherwise known as my garage. <laughs> and then while you guys are talking, I'll look through my uh, selection of junk. I roll mind. Oh, I rolled sick. Uh, sadly, my uh, my supplies are running low, possibly because Shell's trashed everything. <laughs> Shall I hit my edge roll? Which roll is this? This is, it all fits together. So I gain hold from this, which I can spend to ask research questions as I put things together during the mission. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an eight. So I get one hold. And I've got a nose for a story. Mine's also an edge roll. I only rolled five. It's fine. We'll use up all our bad luck now. I feel like I'm missing out. I'm going to roll something anyway. Oh, I've got no style. <laughs> John is not very stylish. My hair looks terrible today. <laughs> okay, so so bribing someone is a, is an option, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we can check this place out and see how bad the security is. Like, we might be able to just walk in, right? <laughs> like, it's probably fine. Yeah, we've got to get access to the business park first. We need to get access to the business park, then we need to get access to the building. It sounds like getting access to the building might not actually be that difficult if they've got contractors coming in and out all the time, cha- constantly changing, so they won't have... Uh, a security person who kind of knows everyone's schedules, you know, so-and-so comes in at 8.15 every day and that kind of thing. So that's going to drive our stealth or bluff kind of technique, I guess. Either we're going to try and go in disguised as contractors or we're going to break in at night. That's the other choice to make, I think. What if we can actually get hired? Don't take this amiss, but do you have any relevant skills here? It might be harder for Shell to get disguised as a contractor. Get hired as a contractor and then pretend it's bring your daughter to work day okay, we try we've done that before as well <laughs> oh yeah this is not a new tactic we only have like three infiltration techniques i am least worried about myself getting in i think the rest of you should find a way in that i can meet true. you inside okay. i think we can probably talk our way in 
So here's an option. Can we see if there's a short-term lease we can take out on a property in the business unit or get somebody to take out on a property in the business unit? So we're now, we're now business rental the role-playing game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the real fun. I'm not suggesting you go into detail about the business we're setting up. <laughs> um, I, I think we should go into a lot of detail. Shell Corp. Shell Corp. <laughs> What's our profit and loss going to be like? Come on. We've really got to, we've got to plot this out. Are we suddenly going to go on straight and narrow? We've realised yeah, the best we realise that we can actually make a lot more money running a legitimate business when we're doing all this crime. It would give us access to the business park and it would also give us a place to uh, base ourselves on the within uh, kind of close. They'd actually be quite secure. I would like to assess the business park. Would you like some, some info about the business park? Oh, yes. Let's do that. I will tell you the things you can find out on their website because that's always a good way to start. Does it have like a digital sort of... Um, 3D visual virtual tour of the park that you can kind of pretend to walk around and choose your office with security weaknesses and stuff. Uh, you can probably walk around outside of the offices. Uh, you can get you can get some some pictures of the inside of the offices, but you can't get blueprints. I think. Okay, so yeah, like I said, it's managed by Fulbright Workspaces. Uh, it's called Rutherford King East. It's in the, it's in Rutherford in the East. Rutherford being the media heavy kind of uh, quite quite busy bustling uh, area of New Angeles. Um, so Rutherford King East is pretty small. Uh, it's kind of a cul-de-sac setup. So there's like a gate. Uh, the, there's also a pedestrian entrance. And then within the gate, there are five buildings and kind of like a ring. So there's a drive space and then uh, a ring of buildings and parking around the back of the buildings. Like there's car access between them. So they're reasonably spaced out. There are five uh, like buildings within the park. Currently, all of them ha- are being used for something. The biggest is um, Melange Catering, so just like the 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 branch of Melange that oversees food for its workers, like is its own office and has an office here. Uh, that looks to be like like I said, one of the bigger ones, roughly a hundred people or so. Next to that is the front load office, which is pretty small, um, so a little like building with one one story, so you know two floors. Uh, next to that is Java Jam, which is a cafe. Um, catering to people that use the business park. Uh, there's a business called Beth London, which is a small upmarket like clothing designer label. Uh, and then Right Xterms has an office here. They're a pest control company. So we could go to the cafe and scope the place out. Yeah, so it sounds like you can get access to the, to the area just by being a customer with two of these businesses, right? Uh, you need to be... No, you need to... You can't get in without being approved by one of the businesses within the cafes just for people that work for one of the one of the four offices is the pedestrian entrance gated or is it just the car yeah it's also kind of uh gated and shut off you need there's a reception there so you can go in through the door and then there's a reception and then from there you'd be let into the business park itself you know esteban i've been thinking there's been a i don't know i keep seeing cockroaches and stuff in this garage maybe we should uh scan out some exterminators to take care of it i don't want to bring the exterminators to my garage (laughs) Also, this shouldn't be said, Shell. Do not release cockroaches in my garage. <laughs> I, I wonder if trying to uh, organise a legitimate interview, a discussion of any kind, any kind of meeting with any business in this business park means we can have a legitimate reason for going in which won't send up any flags and we can be on the premises. Well, the fact that, what are they called, front load are closing down is, is kind of uh, newsworthy. There could be something in it there. That could even grant us access to the building itself. You mean to, for, like, uh, your journalism? You know, it's a kind of notable thing for a, a large um, web hosting service to be shutting down. So it's it's kind of um, 
viable for there to be people interested in reporting on that. But it's whether or not someone from, say, Frontload would let us come in to do a story, right? Because that's what we really need if we want to walk onto the business park. We want an interview. And to make it really realistic, we need to have the interview in front of your most secure server, right? Just ha- sit, sit next to it. We'll, we'll set up some cameras and stuff. Oops, I dropped my camera and it exploded. <laughs> How did that happen? So the other option is we try and fake or steal some credentials for a work, an unrelated worker that will get us into the business park. Without being stupid, it doesn't seem completely unreasonable to stake out the entrance to the business park and just see who comes and goes. I know it's going to be a mixture of people from different offices, but if there's any way of seeing and trying to figure out which ones are from front load. It'd also be nice to know how good the security on the perimeter is, because maybe we could just literally hop the Yeah, fence. what's the actual physical situation of the, the non-gate edges are all the buildings just right up up against each other or and uh, no the the buildings are uh, kind of spread out from each other the there's a concrete fence that fences more space than the business park really needs so it's quite it's a reasonably wide perimeter and then the buildings are kind of more within it okay but it is basically just a wall around it looks like it yeah looking at pictures on the internet like we could go along and kind of say quarter to nine commuter time and see it, are people scanning passes is there someone checking documents how are these people getting in it'd be good to know if there's people on the perimeter out of hours that's a good point interestingly enough there is a move that does exactly this and I propose that I use this move. It is called Case the Joint. This sounds like a joint that needs casing. Excellent plan. So Shell presumably is going in person to this place because that's the only way that you could really case the joint anyway. And that seems like a way Shell would operate. Yeah. I assume there's no reason that I would need to like hide. I can just be near this business park and be walking past or whatever. So yeah. I will do that if that's okay. There's no real inherent risk unless you spe- there specifically needs to be. So in this case, it's just representing the park itself. So you wouldn't be able to use the results of this role to ask particularly in-depth questions about what's inside the buildings but more yes. the park and how it operates, if that makes sense. Uh, is anyone else going with Shell to do this casing? Well, we can all go or I can report back. Yeah, it doesn't massively matter. I'm just interested. I was going to go, actually, because I have other things I might do, because if we can find some people who work in the park and if they perhaps go and hang out at a bar after work, then I can go and circulate amongst them and try and do a little bit of on-the-ground research. What time of day are you going? I guess at night or late. We should go late, watch people leaving, and then you can stick around and see if there's anyone guarding the wall or whatever after dark. Yeah, okay, so you show up at uh, Rutherford King East, briefly worth mentioning that it is in a fairly busy part of Rutherford, but there are... It, the buildings... Um, this isn't tons... There aren't isn't tons and tons of foot traffic here. This is a place of town where there's more places of business than anything. There are bars and cafes and restaurants about... But there aren't loads and loads of people walking the streets at all times of day and night here, like there are in some parts of Rutherford. Cool. So let's start by rolling Case the Joint, which is based off Edge. Uh, That's a pretty strong Edge roll of four. (laughs) Guys, I've got it. There's some kind of business park. <laughs> we see you standing not too far from uh, from the gate, kind of having a look, like watching people leaving. Maybe you're um, craning your head around some something in the way, like a, a bus stop or a post box. Uh, and uh, so, just I'll give you some details. You can see, like, yeah, this gate. So there's the security gate. It's just it's not super high tech. It's just a big metal thing that can slide open and closed. And it looks like cars are coming and going, and someone is. Um, Someone in a little window is checking some kind of like parcel documentation that's being passed in and out. You notice there appear to be like, as well as cars, there appear to be uh, like you you see a couple of shuttles leave, which look like there's multiple people in them. 
Um, and then, yeah, they, they also, they're slightly less used, but still in use for foot entrance, which, again, you can't really see inside the building, but you, you assume there's some kind of security check going on in there. Uh, but while you're doing this, you're probably not too far away because you want to try and get a real a proper view. Uh, and just a, and an APD officer, uh, like, notices you. Uh, uh, he's kind of walking past. Uh, he looks at you and he's, he says, uh, can I help you, young lady? Are you waiting for somebody? I've seen you've been hanging around for a little while. Well, I'm not sure how to play this. I, I would try lying if I were you. I'm just looking at this business park to figure out how to break into it. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for my dad, uh, but I guess he's not here. Bye. <laughs> I don't think you need to roll dice for this. Like, if you just want to tell some kind of like, if you just want to lie and then leave, that's that's probably going to work. Like, you would only need to roll dice if you wanted to convince him of something that would let you, you know, if you wanted to keep staking it out or convince him there was absolutely nothing up then you could roll fast talk but if you if you just want to get out of the situation you can just do that uh yeah so i think i do what he wants me to do which is to leave without a fuss so i i'm like oh yeah sorry and leave my my casing has turned up nothing i they're doing some kind of security check but i haven't seen i haven't seen any weaknesses anyway like uh, i have an idea of what security they do but I, I I can't see a way to exploit it. Yeah, so you walk away. We see him looking a bit nonplussed, and we see him reach for his kind of like pad radio communication device, and then just like clearly has a thought and just just stops and walks away. Um, the legwork clock may have been affected by your actions. Okay, uh, is Harris Harris doing anything relevant? At this yeah. Um, so I guess my first question was: um, we had those two named employees of Frontload. Uh, did we have like pictures of them? Do we know what they look like? Yep. They have little write-ups on the Frontload website. What I think I wanted to do was also be sort of staking out the exit to the business park as people were leaving. And from a distance, I want to use my cyber glasses, which have magnification, to see if I can identify those people. And also anyone else who maybe has, like, Frontload identity badges or anything similar to that who's leaving. I don't think there's a great way for you to recognize frontload security badges at a distance like you see people have lanyards and cards and things but i think they're like you can't you can't really what you do get you are able to see is that most of the security passes people are using to scan in and out of this business park look exactly the same like a big plastic card looking thing on a lanyard there's there's probably some some holographicness to it they look futuristic enough to be uh, in the android setting but not super high tech so how long are you willing to hang around for i guess a few hours just to try and catch a spread of sort of people leaving yeah okay so you you see quite a few, quite uh, most people leave at just gone five as you would expect you don't see either you and green or mateo cooper for a while oh, i guess i'll describe them quickly they have pictures and write-ups on the on their website like i said you and green looks to be in his late 20s to early 30s he's kind of a confident looking kind of corporate dirtbag type he's got like slicked back hair and and um, he's clean shaven, smartly dressed. He's a real Mark Yale. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real Mark Yale looking type. The, his write up on the website suggests that he uh, was some affiliated with MBN and joined the company when MBN brought out bought out uh, Frontload as managing director. Matteo Cooper is older, sort of mid forties, I think, kind of a, a veteran of the tech industry that started Frontload um, a couple of years ago, two and a half, when. Um, he saw a space in the market for user-managed like web content, um, and so yeah, like so he's like I said, forties, kind of um, not not overweight but not super trim and fit. He's got like a kind of a mess of uh, curly hair that's kind of starting to go grey, 
uh, and he's got uh, a beard. He's more, he's kind of friendly looking. And after a little bit of observation, I would say about half seven, quarter to eight, you see them leaving in quite quick succession in separate cars. But you see Ewan leave, and then not too long after, you see Mateo leave. Are the lights still on? At the building. Yeah, that's a good question. Can I see through to the building? You would have to get close, uh, close enough that you'd be standing extremely close to the gate to get a re- to get a better view of the front load offices. Is there clearly a person manning the gate, or is it just like literally an automated scanner? There's a person in the um, within the like booth bit, uh, and also I think at about kind of gone six when the rush of people leaving work is over, you do see someone who looks like a like like a employee of Fulbright leave the. Um, leave the office on uh, probably on the other side into the business park and they smoke an e-cigarette and then go back inside so you're there's someone in there as well i don't think i necessarily want to go show my face too much right now it would be really good to know also if there's any more security kind of beyond getting into the park you know do that do people have like one thing to get into the business park and then one thing to get into each individual office or does the one thing just do you and then all the doors are open or so we've got contacts we can use, right? I'm probably going to bring Ace in to help us at some point on this because there's lots of opportunities, I think. Yeah, so it feels either we can get Ace to come with us or maybe we can get him to load a drive with like some sort of... Yeah, like, or my first thought was maybe... But, I mean, also maybe that's something Esteban knows how to do, your attack. Essentially, yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily something we need Ace to do, but Ace might be better at getting us some just information that's a bit less obvious, like blueprints or... Maybe he could fake um, a security pass. Or faking pass. a security pass, maybe, yeah. Um, that would certainly be good. Or even if they just, like, I don't know how it's done, but if the... Uh, if the approved people is like a list of people and then you go up to the front gate and you say, oh, I'm here to see so-and-so, can you give me a guest pass? Like, if literally just make a fake entry on the list for us and say, these people are here to see this company, and hopefully we can just walk in on that. I really want to identify what the extra security is because it's really bugging me. It's mysterious security. There's unnamed security guys, unnamed security protocols. I feel like we could just break in and wait for the bad stuff to happen, right? Yeah, we could just And that's go. our usual operating method, but I don't, I don't feel like it should be. So first of all, we, we work out how to get into the business park, right? I think we do that first. So it sounds like we've got a couple of options. I think having a legitimate reason to speak to one of these businesses might be interesting. Maybe Tegan could do a feature on the fashion company and want to interview them or something yeah that could be a good call i mean we we can be like oh yeah we're her like roadies like camera crew is more likely uh-huh. yeah exactly so we can just find some convincing looking cameras or whatever and follow her in that's not a bad plan actually could be something like we're two reporters one person's a cameraman and shell is an excited fan who absolutely loves your clothes intern unpaid intern (laughs) so the only like i said the only downside is i think that's a great way of getting in but then we're in the business park presumably during daytime because that's when we would be doing this probably yes that's true but it might it's a reason to be in the business park and like maybe we have to stay late or like we can it just gives us a reason to enter i mean or we could like just you know cut a hole in a chain link fence or whatever it's concrete but um oh yeah in terms of the fence that's something i should quickly mention because shell got an okay look at it the fence, like I said, it's a fairly high concrete fence. Shell could climb it, and it wouldn't be too much difficulty. Like, I wouldn't require a roll. I think you're a good enough climber that you could do it. Uh, any other character would have some trouble. So they'd either have to roll dice, or they would have to get help somehow. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm up for just breaking in. But I guess we all need to get in. Well, there's not necessarily a reason for us all to go in. The best 
absolute best solution is if we could find a legitimate reason to visit the front load office. I, I think some sort of fake story on there closing down. You could you could claim that you're doing a hard-hitting piece on the future of small businesses after the 23 seconds incident. So that plan, I think, would look like we sneak in Tegan and maybe Shell. We give Shell a piece of gadgetry that will wipe the server. We get Shell to sneak off while Tegan's doing her fake journalism, or real journalism, I don't, don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> your fake get, real journalism or your real yeah. fake journalism? Uh, and, then, and then we get Shell to plant this, this gizmo that we've whipped up by one means or another. And then yeah. everybody leaves and every, everybody's happy. That does sound like a good idea. They might even never know that we did it. I feel like I'm most at risk from this particular plan. Uh, at least two of us are doing very little. <laughs> if we just say that you... You know that Tegan has a crew that needs to come on site, then it gives a perfectly good excuse for me and Esteban to, to visit. Yeah, I could sneak away and maybe do something. I feel like unless I know how to wipe this thing, I might need, say, Esteban or some kind of guidance on what to yeah, do. Yeah, well, that's that's why we've kind of that's why we're we're positing having some sort of device that we would we would plug into the server that would load a bunch of corrupting programs or something. So it sounds like the best plan is to actually uh, deal with the company itself and ignore all these other companies. That's the ultimate plan, yeah. Yeah.